0: This is episode 210, and it's another segment of the movement series. I'm interviewing Alicia Ferguson and Paris Alexandra, owners of BK Yoga Club, which is the first Black women-owned body positive yoga studio in the US. We talk about how yoga helped them cultivate a better relationship with their bodies, how it can be used to practice compassion and acceptance, why they saw a need for a body positive yoga studio, and how they are doing things differently. You can find all the links and resources mentioned in this episode at summer in and in.com forward slash 210. I want to give a shout out to three makes me crazy who left this awesome review. Let's just say At nearly 50, I'd imagined I would have had this all figured out by now. The never ending pursuit of some ethereal perfection has consumed nearly my entire life. Constantly going down roads of harnessing motivation and getting therapy for my quote unquote issues finally has me saying, Stop. What summer is doing for me is providing a place for all those rubble thoughts I've always had that tell me I'm not broken and maybe there's another way of thinking. Her varied guests give me food for thought, and what I've really been hungering for. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. I think there is this misconception that like, as you get older, you just magically figure it out. And I think sometimes we do figure certain things out. But often, we have to kind of have a wake up call moment where we say there's got to be a better way. And I'm so glad you found that. And I'm so glad you found the podcast. And I really, really appreciate you leaving that review. If you haven't already done so you can leave a review by going to iTunes search for eat the rules, then click ratings and reviews and click to leave a review or give it a rating. And don't forget to grab the free 10 day body confidence makeover at summer and in.com forward slash freebies with 10 steps to take right now to feel better in your body. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe to the show as well. That would really, really be helpful to me. It helps others to find the show. It helps to keep it on the air. I am excited about this interview. I had an absolute pleasure interviewing Alicia and Paris. They're doing some really amazing stuff in New York. But the amazing thing is, is that you can take any of their classes online. So if you're looking for body positive yoga classes in a place that feels inclusive, definitely check out what they have to offer. I really loved what they said. I specifically loved how, and you'll hear them talk about this, how they don't look at body positivity through this like binary of you know if you're you either have to be like 100% into it or not into it they really are accepting and welcoming of anyone based on where they are in their journey and they're just there to kind of support them and give them acceptance for wherever they are and I really really appreciate that about the approach that they take. Before we get started with this, I just want to apologize if maybe the audio isn't as good as it normally is. I was using this new platform and this was the first interview I did on it. And so it was a little bit of a learning curve, but hopefully it sounds pretty good at the end of the day. Okay, let's get started. BK Yoga Club is the first black women owned body positive yoga studio in the US. They are taking up space in the wellness industry by shifting dominant narratives in the wellness fitness space. They are your home away from home where practitioners, artists and creatives come together to share the gift of yoga, movement and creativity. Co founders Alicia Ferguson and Paris Alexandra connected over their shared vision to create a diverse holistic wellness space that uplifts people from all backgrounds. Let's get started with the show. Hello, Alicia and Paris. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Why don't you start out by telling everyone just a little bit about you know, what your relationship with your body was like growing up? Did you have anything that you struggled with that sort of led
1: you to where you are today doing this work that you do now? Yeah. So I would say for me, my relationship with my body growing up was... <laughs> Very push and pull, and so a lot of the the concepts of how you see yourself and how you even compare yourself is really based around your family unit, especially when you're younger. And so, fortunately and unfortunately for me, I had both of those examples growing up. So as a child, like I was definitely just rounder, and so my grandmother just grew up in a different time where. She she She's like, baby girl, you're not seam line. And you're just like, what does that mean? Grandma? But it just mean like you had a little pudge or you were not necessarily fitting in your clothes the way they thought that they should fit into them. And my mom was super supportive and very just like affirming me and who I was. And so again, like I said, I got both dynamics. My grandma came from a different generation. Women presented themselves in a way. And most of the times and they were supposed to be streamlined was um, which made you My mom kind of just reassured me in a different way that like, I didn't necessarily need to fit into that box. So I thought it was confusing at times because you're hearing one thing and then you're seeing another and then you go to school and then. comparing yourself to everyone else. But I'm just really thankful that my immediate household, my mom just like reaffirmed me in a really good way. But like I say, when I, when you get older and you start getting into school and that comparison thing happens, and then you start looking at pop culture and like what's going on, what people are deeming as attractive or cool, you start turning that lens on yourself. And so no matter how much your parents kind of pour into you or your community pours into you, you still fall into that space of times where you're just like I know that this is what I shouldn't be thinking but I can't help feeling this way or feeling this these pressures and that did kind of lead us into me specifically into my like finding my own wellness journey into kind of like PK Yoga Club and like the mission of what we do now
0: yeah and so Paris did you want to share a little bit about your story there too sure can you ask the question again yeah so what was your relationship with your body like when you were growing up was it you know did you have any struggles that then sort of eventually led you to this mission that you're on now with BK yoga
2: yeah so i became aware of my body at a very young age in my family, it was something that was always talked about. So culturally, the idea of thinness was very much talked about in my household and you know within my family dynamic. All the women in my family are larger bodied women, so it was a continual conversation that I was very much aware of, as young as six, I was aware of my body. I've always been larger. So like, I've always been more aware of like, oh, I have hips, I have bigger breasts. And it was something that I was self-conscious about. It was a struggle because I was comparing myself to the dominant standards of beauty, which I didn't fit. And so I was constantly comparing myself, even though my body was slim, I was still comparing myself to you know, whoever was popular at the time, maybe like a holly berry or something. (laughs) And as I, you know, was kind of growing into myself, I started practicing yoga. And that's when yoga kind of introduced me to the mind body connection. And I really started to kind of really cultivate self acceptance. And it's an ongoing journey. I still it's a journey for me, even to this day, Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm ever going to be in a place where I'm like, arrived and enlightened about my body and like feeling 100%. Because like, There's different seasons. And I think because of the society that we live in and how much women are like examined and picked apart, it's part of our cultural conditioning. So I think it's an ongoing process of unlearning, relearning and cultivating like self-acceptance. And then lastly, I would say this whole idea of like always needing to feel beautiful is not realistic. So like, where does that come from? Like, I don't feel and I shouldn't have to. Right. So. Um, That's a continual journey. And so that's kind of where I'm at. I think with BK Yoga Club, we came together where we, you know, visibly two different body types. And I think that it's important for us to come together, especially as Black women of different body types, to be like, acknowledge each other's experiences, not as like one is more important than the other or one is less or, you know what I mean? And then really share our experiences. But also the question is, how do we continue to go on this journey and this process together? And I feel like a lot of times in the body positive community, be very separate and divisive. And I understand that certain bodies are more marginalized in society, which I think is important to acknowledge. And what does it look like to really have these conversations collectively, larger body folks, smaller body people come together, have these conversations.
0: Love it. And, that, and I think Everything you said there is so aligned to what I talk about and what other guests have talked about on the show, just about really kind of divesting from this notion that you, you know, that you have to be beautiful and that, that that's a requirement and that there's like a destination involved in self acceptance, because it's not, it's it's definitely a practice, anything mm-hmm. but a destination. So I know one of the things that was mentioned to me was that less than 10% of yoga studios are black owned. And so what is the impact of having Black and Brown folks underrepresented in traditional wellness spaces? From your perspective, what is the impact of that?
2: Again, it's really about visibility. So when we're talking about me not seeing myself and thinking that I needed to look like a particular size, right? Not seeing yourself represented, sometimes it's it's like you don't see that it's possible mm-hmm. for you, right? Yeah. And see Black women of different skin tones, different hair textures. It's important to have that visibility and not just have it be one person, but to be a diverse representation of all types of Black and Brown women. And I think that's what our vision is, is to really, through our work, allow folks to feel seen, heard, and represented.
0: Yeah. And so what inspired you to really start BK yoga, like, was that something that you had always wanted to do? Or was it something that you really felt was like, you know, this missing thing in the in the market, like that there just wasn't, you know, a place that felt really inclusive to you?
1: I think it wasn't something that we were like, as kids, we're like, we want to start a yoga studio one day. Uh, it was definitely, that definitely wasn't the goal. I think me and Paris, I almost call it like a, it just this idea of like synchronicity um, that we kind of like met uh, teacher training. So Paris wasn't, she was the intern for that cohort. And that wasn't even supposed to be cohort. Like, I think she got asked to do it a term early. And I signed up maybe like, three days. I was still on the fence. I signed up three days before it actually started. I finally was like, just pull the trigger and like, just go ahead and do this. And I was coming off of like a healing process. So my grandmother had passed away six months prior. Yes. I used, after my grandma had passed away, I used it really for me as like healing journey. So I was back and forth with yoga for years, like just not consistent with the practice, but I definitely enjoyed it. It was the first time I had like this mind body awareness and I was like working out my body, but not in an aggressive way. I was more so paying attention to my body, listening to the breath. It was the first time I was really conscious of the breath. So that's full circle. It brought me back to that. And so I used it as a way to just get in tune with how, what I was actually feeling. Like that's why I processed it. I wasn't big with like talking to everybody, but I worked it out on the mat. And so whatever I was feeling, I breathed it out, I cried it out, I moved it out. And at the end of that, I was like, you know what? i this for six months straight and I don't hate it. And maybe I'll do a teacher training because the benefits that I received, just like the mental well being, and then even just seeing my body shift and transform in a different way. And that just how strong it became was enough to make me want to be like, I want to be able to like bring this to my community. I want to be able to like do this for other people, what I've received. And what I would note to at that time, because I was going through so many mental transitions, I was actually thinking about getting a boob job at the time. So breast augmentation. And it came down to like, I was like, mm, I can do that. Or I, can Teacher training. What do I have enough money for? And I prayed on it, and I was like, you know what? I'll do this first, and then if I'm still feeling that way, then I'll I'll go that journey afterwards. And I'm happy that I did it in this way. Not saying that I still wouldn't get breast augmentation done, but the reasoning why I would do it is so much different. Like I have a new appreciation for my body. I got stronger than I could have ever even imagined. I had no upper body strength, and I'm like holding chaturangas and just it, it more so amazed me at the strength that I was able to cultivate and how I was able to transform my body than wanting to like do it you know alter it for reasons that necessarily weren't always healthy and again like I said I would still consider it but the reasons why now are different like it's coming from a healthier perspective a whole space for me Ah,
0: yeah, totally totally that's really cool and so with yoga like i think on this podcast before we've talked about how whitewashed the wellness industry is and i'm just curious to know like how what your thoughts are on this as it relates to yoga like you know when you were initially training or doing teacher training and seeing all the magazines like what were your sort of thoughts on that and do you feel like that's evolving now
1: yeah so um, i always love to give the example um and our yoga training, there was 25 students and there were three women of color and two of them are sitting right here. So that was just kind of like an example of what the larger wellness field looked like at that time. Um, I think strides have definitely been made, but it's still not like the, it's still not equal essentially. Right. And so I think what do is bring representation to that. And so we're not necessarily out here being like in reaction to what other people are doing and being like, we're we're creating our own communities and we're making us, centering us and what our needs are as black and brown women at the center of what PKO Club is doing. And so I think for us, it's really an opportunity for us to be more representative, to get to show people in a different light, to get to show people that looks different at every age, at every stage, at every ability, at every income. And like Paris is saying also too, With every, even when we get into women of color, even colorism becomes a thing, which is more of a micro thing within the community and being able to show the breadth of that. Because sometimes when women of color and Black women specifically are represented, there's one type that people feel like is acceptable to be in the wellness field. There are so many different AIDS. There's so many different hair textures. There's so many different backgrounds. There's so many different colloquial languages that should still be accepted. I don't think there's one way to be within the wellness field when we think about women of color. And so I'm super excited and proud of the work that we're doing and how we keep peeling back the layers because it's not just being representative as women of color and as Black women. Even within that now, we're getting to the nuances of it, uh, of being like, okay, how can we do more? Right, like how can we be more diverse? How can we be more inclusive? How can we make sure that everyone feels like they have a space at the table that's being created here? Yeah,
0: I love that. That's so great. Such important work. And like overall, just in the kind of mainstream yoga, like what messages do you feel are really missing in within mainstream yoga?
2: I think everything that Alicia just said. I feel like the diverse representation piece is so important. It's more than putting a black or brown person on your website. It's really about how are you moving within your company? Are the people in your organization, the people that you're working with, that Mm -hmm. you serve, are they being seen? Do they feel heard? Do they feel represented? Do they feel like their voices matter? And are they empowered to create their own communities? Right. So I think that that's an important thing that's missing. It's not just about having a black or brown person or queer or trans person on the staff. It's really about... What is the, you know, intention of the work, the impact of the work, and then how are we and we as in us and the larger community creating and co-creating spaces for people to be empowered to create their own spaces and be empowered to represent themselves and live who they are to their fullest, like, expressions. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. I think that's so such an
0: important point that you brought up there. I'm curious to know, you know, just for your own studio, like how are you kind of doing it differently in terms of making it more body positive and sort of, you know, removing the influence of diet culture? Because I think that that has sort of permeated into yoga culture. So I would just be curious to know, like how, how you're doing things differently where you are.
2: Yeah. So I've been in the space, the yoga space for over 15 years. And so I did another yoga teacher training maybe 15 years ago, and it was very much rooted in diet culture. And so when we co-created BK Yoga Club, it was very important to really have Mm self-determination be at the center. Because again, a lot within these communities, it could be opposite extremes, right? So we are not at, Hey, we're not nutritionists, right? So that's an important distinction, mm-hmm. I think, because within the wellness space, people can take the lead as like the nutritionist or the dietitian, and it's like, hey. There's so many different ways of thinking about things. So again, it's really important for us to facilitate a space of self-determination. So if you feel so inclined to eat an apple and that's what you feel makes you feel strong and healthy and then, hey, more power to you. If you're in a space where you want to lose weight, then more power to you. If you're in a space where you're where you are and you're practicing self-acceptance, again, we are here to meet you where you're at and not to make those decisions for you. And I think that's a really important thing about just creating a space that feels body positive.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So really like having, sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, was just, I was just gonna say, I love what Para said about the idea of those the two extremes within the wellness field, and um, people just having an understanding. For us, like that's that's not our work, right? So we aren't we're not dietitians, we're not nutritionists. And so we don't even want to come off as that and prescribing things for people where it's like this idea of like everyone's individual journey and what you need for your body is going to be different than what I need and what's mm-hmm. going to work for my body. So we're here from a space of where we are allowing you to make those choices. Maybe there's here's different tools that you could use and you should see what works and what fits for you. But removing the The judgment, the shame or the guilt for either wanting to diet or not wanting to diet, because I feel like either one that you choose, like depending on which spectrum you're in or what space you're in, you can get some backlash for that. And so we don't want to be a space that's even centered around that or it's even making that necessarily like a huge topic of conversation. It's really about how do I feel in my body? How am I growing physically stronger? How am I growing mentally stronger? How am I spiritually becoming more aligned with the things that I'm saying that I want? And how are my Mm -hmm. actions becoming aligned with it? And so for us, that's what we're centering and making the focus. Yeah.
2: And we have various folks on our team that specifically work with inclusivity. We have therapists on our team that we can refer folks to. If they are experiencing some challenges around that, that's just not our job. So we just want to be really clear about, again, self-determination and then also providing like what Alicia said, those resources for folks who might be having challenges in that area.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think that, you know, sometimes things can come off really binary. It's like, you know, kind of looking at things through like a good or bad lens. And I feel that yeah. there's just so much nuance to stuff and everyone's in a different place in their own journey and, um, yeah. you know, really promoting body autonomy. And and like you said, self-determination. Mm-hmm. I love that was the word you used, right? Mm-hmm. Self-determination. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think that that's yeah. such a good way of of phrasing it and promoting that kind of atmosphere as one of the values of your work. Yeah. Yeah, And
2: I think, you know, honestly, when you think about it, we're not examining uh, every move that a man chooses to do with his body. (laughs) If he's I mean, and I think for us, because of the society we live in, women are continually examined. And then there is this prescription of how we are supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And this is wellness right now. And it's like, hey, everybody's journey is different. Everybody's experience is different. Some people have a history of diabetes, or you know what I mean. And so there's disease. there's nuance, Specific, yeah, yeah. Specifically in the African
1: American community, diabetes. Yeah. So and it's heart
2: like, disease. how do we get support yeah. to navigate those things, but also with a mind frame that's not fully centered on just like the negative effects of the diet industry, right? And, you know, yeah. Diet. What, what do we say? Diet culture. Culture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes so much sense. So I'd
0: love to know just from body image perspective, like how do you see the practices or the philosophies of yoga like facilitating a better relationship with, with one's body?
2: But I honestly think it's that piece of being silent with yourself, being connected to your breath, noticing and observing what's happening in your body, and being with it all, right? I feel like for me personally, that gives me permission to be like, to really, really take a moment and be like, listen, I'm alive. (laughs) My body is supporting me right now in these various ways. And when I notice my body's not the same, it was 10 years ago, I can't do the same postures. Being with where I am in the present moment, just, it gives me so much gratitude. And I think that the practice of yoga allows me to re-remind myself that when I'm kind of feeling like icky on some days, you know? Yeah, good, good. And so Alicia,
0: were you going to say something about that too? Just sorry, if you could just uh, rephrase the question one more time. Oh, sure. So just from your perspective, what practices or philosophies within yoga do you think are helpful towards helping someone heal their relationship with their body?
2: Yeah. So
1: again, similar to what I was saying earlier, when my grandma passed away, like I use yoga to as modality, essentially. There's different tools that I could have used. in yoga was that thing that I chose to, again, come back in alignment with my thoughts, come back into alignment with my body to notice how I was feeling. So there's all these little micro traumas that have been happening and I was storing them all in my body. And so in my practice, I was able to explore those. I was able to have some more discovery and to acknowledge them, right? Instead of just kind of like suppressing things, it came out on the mat. And so I think there's this idea of um, Yoga, like Paris was saying, allows you to be quiet. It allows you to be silent and allows like your inner knowing is what I love to say, whether it's God, your creator, whatever you want to say, your inner knowing. It allows it to really speak when you give those quiet moments Mm -hmm. and allows it to kind of tell you what the things that you might not be consciously like aware of or consciously thinking. And so there's so many times where I'm on the mat and like a thought will come up and it's just like, oh, that was the answer. I didn't even know that that's what I was looking for. But like, that is the answer. When I know when I'm avoiding my yoga practice, something's going on. I know that. now. I know my relation to the mat. And so I'm clearly avoiding either thinking about it, and I'm clearly avoiding dealing with whatever's happening Mm. in my body. And so for me, again, yoga is just in that idea of really connecting my actions to what I'm saying that I'm trying to actually create. It's like bringing it into full alignment. And then also just the spiritual practice as well of um, just being grounded. Like that's my center.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm not really into yoga. So I love hearing you talk about it. Because I'm like, I think so many people have this perception that like yoga is exercise, you know, like, it's like a workout or like, exercise. And I think, you know, just hearing you talk about it, it's like, that's not what you're mentioning at all like you're mentioning <laughs> this very you know like emotional spiritual experience yeah. that really helps you move through stuff and, and connect with your body and i just think that like for me even just hearing me speak i'm like whoa like that just it's just framed up so differently than the way i think that it's kind of mm-hmm. interpreted in in mainstream culture
2: and
1: i think that's one of the key parts that I got to experience in my yoga journey. And then moving into like a teacher training, it was, it was awesome because I got to see more of the asana piece of it too. And like have that understanding and bridging those, both of those together. So like how emotionally it helped me heal, how spiritually it brought me closer to, and then now physically how I'm able to just like see my body become stronger ever been and just see it uh, develop in a new way. And I think those are some of the core principles of what BK Yoga Club was founded off of. And so, again, it's like anytime you're going to do any type of physical activity, your body will transform. You could walk, you could run, you could lit, like whatever it is, your body's going to transform. Yeah, I yeah, know, it definitely does. But for us, it's like yoga is so much more than just that physical transformation that happens. And again, it's like when you hear the word yoga, yoga means union. Right? That's like what it all means. And so it's bringing it all together. It's like physically, mentally, spiritually, how do I bring everything into alignment?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's
0: great. That's so wonderful to hear. You mentioned something else just about like, when you feel resistance to going on the mat, you sort of know that you're avoiding something. So yes. I think that that's like, a common theme for a lot of people, whether it's kind of resisting, whatever it may be, like, how do you personally overcome that? resistance or allow yourself to sort of just go there knowing that it might be difficult.
1: Yeah. And I think it's almost fun. I want to be transparent and say that because I think as yoga teachers and studio owners, it's like we do yoga every single day. And it's just, it's like, no, no, no. I'm just like everyone else. Like there is this idea of like maintaining your personal practice and continue to growing and evolve. And so for me, when I'm resistant, I can go a week for sure. What I'll try to do like good two weeks, maybe. But what I try to do is if it's not the physical movement of yoga, there's other things that I consider. in my like, well, rituals. So in the morning times, I'm either going to journal or I'm going to meditate. And those help me bring up things where I'm like, oh, there's something here mentally that I'm challenged with or that's blocking me. And sometimes the meditation will do it and maybe the journaling exercise will bring up what I need to do and take action on. But there's a lot of things that just like I said, the body holds the body's beautiful in that it's like, oh my gosh, you're going through something. Let me protect you and like store it here. But if we never release it, like I'm just constantly putting this pressure and this stress on my body and I'm not I'm doing myself a disservice. So although I could be meditating, praying and journaling, there's things that I physically need to like work out eventually. And so, like I said, because I think I have these other tools that are in my wellness ritual, it eventually always brings me back to the mat, no matter how long I dip and dodge it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what is your advice to someone who like maybe, you know, really wants to start a yoga practice, but is not really sure where to go what to do how to find a place that makes them feel good like how would you sort of advise someone to go from that
2: place UK yoga club. just start <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> we can travel this. This <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah for
0: sure well actually yeah, first tell me, you're, you're located in New York right where are you in New
2: York <laughs> So we're located in Brooklyn, specifically Bed Stuy. But what's really great about us is we're also global, and we will continue Virtual. to grow global <laughs> virtually. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, right? That's I huge. would say that this is something that Alicia and I and our team we've been working on, doing research on, is how do we take folks on a journey and starting exactly where you at, where mm-hmm. you're at, as you are, baby steps, the small steps, building yeah. those up, habits, right? So. We have a program that we're launching that's really focused on meeting folks where they are. It's called Yoga Journeys. And so really even 10 minutes a day to really continually meet yourself where you're at and continually grow. And so we have a seven-day journey that we can take people on. And then from there, you can go to our 21-day journey. And then from there, if you just just can't get over us, you can go to our 31-day journey. And that's all virtual. Of course, you can come and visit us in Brooklyn, Bed-Stuy. And then we do have our virtual offerings. And I think a part of this programming that we're putting out is really focused on people who feel like, Oftentimes, yoga is not for them or, oh, I have to do a whole hour class. It's like, no, you don't have to do an hour You can literally come on the mat for five minutes or 10 minutes and it will invigorate your day and it will just continue to reinform your practice. And the most important part, and this came from our
1: own, like just like our own challenges. Like in quarantine, you would think it'd be like, oh my gosh, I just have all this time to do yoga. No, we're just like everyone else. Like we didn't want to, there were so many things that were going on, but knowing that when you roll off the mat, knowing that when you pour into yourself in these ways, like the work that you do on the mat is reflective Mm. of, Mm-hmm. Your whole day and in your entire mm-hmm. life. And so you not only reap the benefits, the people around you, your family, your community, your coworkers workers reap the benefits. And so for us, it was really thinking about consistency. And so, consistency, like we're saying, it doesn't need to be an hour. I think a whole hour every day seems really intimidating. And it's a time mm-hmm. sometimes, if you're really busy, it's like a whole hour to commit. In my head, it took me 30 minutes just to think about committing for that hour. So (laughs) I'm giving an hour and a half of like brain space or free rent in my head that it's occupied. And so for us, it's like the idea that like habits are built in incremental steps and the idea of consistency. So as opposed to like being on fire, doing yoga for a week straight and then falling off for a month, like you really reap the benefits when you do it in smaller portions, but consistently over a period of time. Mm -hmm. And so for us, the idea is really like making it a part of your your practice, like Mm -hmm. your ritual. And Mm -hmm. so when you do, when you make it more approachable, when it's fun, hit these peaks of challenges, but then these moments of rest, right? And and you know, that's what's planned out. It makes it that much more obtainable. And so that's what we really wanted to do. We wanted to be obtainable and especially for beginners. We get a lot of beginners, which is amazing that people are trusting us (laughs) with -hmm. their first yoga class. So we geared a lot of the seven day journey towards the beginners, just to like feel confident to feel grounded in what's happening. I think sometimes you go to a yoga class and it's like open level and you're like, what are they talking about? I don't even know the name of the postures. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot, there's a lot that goes on that could be really intimidating and make you, it just puts up a barrier to entry to make you continue or to have you want to continue. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we just wanted to be really mindful about, again, like Paris said, people are entering, and how can we meet them there? So if you're a beginner, that's what we're going to kind of like guide you to. Mm-hmm. Even if you want to, if you are been doing it for a while, sometimes we get into autopilot, right? And I think I know it all. And it's good to circle back to your foundations, right? It's good to like get a base understanding of like, how can I mess up from the ground up? There may be things that I've overlooked when I'm being an autopilot. So I know we're going on well, and on so about sure. it, but we're really excited <laughs> about the journey. You know, I love it. it. That's great. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that was an amazing answer. And I think I'm so excited that you do have a virtual platform for it, because I'm always, uh, people are always asking, my clients are always asking me, like, you know, I'm looking for something that is like, that has representation that doesn't make me feel Mm -hmm. bad about myself that, and something that takes away that kind of like all or nothing, like, okay, I have to go to a class, do it for an hour, because that's like, so time consuming. And so then you end up having people who just do, you know, don't do it at all, they feel bad for not doing anything. And so yeah. I love I love that you mentioned yeah. ten minutes because I think that that is I think for a lot of people they'd be like well that's not enough but, but start with something yeah. that feels so doable and then grow it from there as you said yeah. and just have that consistency. Yeah. One last thing I just wanted to ask you something that I know comes up when I'm working with people is that sometimes, you know, if, if your body has changed, I work with a lot of people that have kind of recovered from, you know, an eating disorder or chronic dieting and, and mm. their body has gotten larger, or maybe they've just, their body's just gotten larger because bodies change. And sometimes they feel like, you know, some of the poses feel really different. Like they're like, oh, now I feel my stomach is there, or like I can't do that mm. the same way. And so they feel a lot of resistance to towards even having a practice anymore. I'm wondering if you would have any kind of advice for someone who's experiencing that.
2: You are not alone. (laughs) (laughs) I am here with with you. you. Um, So (laughs) we are really, I think, generally really big on intention, right? So I think for me, because I have that experience, is how does my intention throughout the practice support being shifting and that just being kind to your body, right? thinking of like, what does it mean to have gratitude, to be able to feel your stomach, right? I think that is just that breath, that connection of breath and movement to like, how do we find gratitude in our breath and movement? And how do we create space and honor the ways in which our body supports us? And even the ways in which our body has shifted, I think, even folks who have had injuries, right? I'm one of them have had different injuries, just to be able to have gratitude to be able to move in the ways that I'm moving now and knowing that I might not always be able to move how I'm moving in this present moment in 50 years, you know? So I think it's really important to be present with what is versus what isn't. But when the what isn't comes up to be able to be centered and grounded in that intention and that breath. And it's a continual journey. Some days you might get, I know for me, I might get on the mat like, oh, I can't jump back and forth how I used to. And I don't do certain poses like I used to, but really having grace and honoring myself for showing up, I think is really, really important.
0: I love that. I love a couple of things that really stood out to me there is just, Having the intention, like the intention of kindness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, you know, really focusing on what is versus what is not. Like, I think that that's such a, a wonderful perspective to have. I think a lot of people kind of go into it just comparing their body to maybe what it used to be. Like, yeah. as you said, even if with an injury or comparing to like what your body
1: was 20 years ago, you know, and it's like, it's not going to be the that. same.
2: Yeah, I'm doing that today. Yeah,
1: And even if you've just fallen out of your practice, there's times where I've just Again, I've been avoiding it. Maybe I've avoided it for a month. And so your body may have been able to fluently move in specific ways. And so I think there's an appreciation for, there's a humbleness too in having to build yourself back up from the ground up. And I think uh, there's relating to your body in that new way and just having a a different appreciation. And so knowing where I used to be and then understanding where I'm now. And so feeling it out and just being with that whole journey, I think is really beautiful. There's, we're always trying to arrive at this destination or we're always trying to like, work on specific poses or what that you think that looks like. And it's like the journey is really what's so beautiful about it. And just being really present there for it to experience it all. And like Paris said, being with what is, as opposed to what isn't, I think is what really helps me get through it as well.
0: Our time has kind of come to a close here. And I just want to thank you both so much for being here today. Where can people find more information about BK Yoga? Where can they sign up for the virtual classes? And just anything else that you want to share with the audience today?
1: Yes. I know. I love it. Brrr, so you can find us on all the social networks at, at BK Yoga Club. And we have just expanded into a wellness inspired coffee shop and yoga studio. So our new location, which is 704 Decal in bed in Brooklyn. We have a wellness inspired coffee drinks, wellness inspired teas, CBD oils, aptogens, um, even mushroom blends for, uh, other wellness additives. So we're really excited about that. And again, just expanding the community building that we do. We like to think of the coffee shop as the local watering hub where creativity connections are made, where people really like come together and build. And so we get to really expand on that, like on and off the mat now. So that's where you can find also our website, bkyogaclub.com. You can sign up for our yoga classes, our yoga journeys. And we also have a lot of videos on YouTube. If you want to pop on the YouTube, uh, it's BK Yoga Club. Uh, we're all over like Well and Goods channel and you can do some free yoga with us there as well.
0: Yeah, amazing, amazing. Yeah. Now, was there, like, did you want to give a shout-out to the organization that you're associated with that does the grants
2: and things like
1: that? You did shout Oh, yeah. So, we
2: are very <laughs> honored to actually be one of the Blavity Fellowship. Uh, grantees This is the first cohort too So we're yeah. super honored to be in their like initial and run I think again Amplifying voices of black folks Is super important Especially in wellness And so we're just excited to be A part of Blavity's fellowship Blavity.org And so we just want to say Hey, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, we're
1: officially part of the Blavity family and like Paris is saying, amplifying the voices and not just in words only, but they're actually putting uh, an action and financial backing behind it. So we're really, really grateful for them for just supporting us in the vision and providing us with opportunities like this. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your
0: time today. People are gonna love this interview and it's been an honor meeting you and having this time to connect.
1: Thank you thank so much you for having so us. much, Summer. It's been awesome and thank you for you
2: know dealing with all the noise. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. Thank you.
0: All of these interviews that I've done in the movement series have me so excited for just the evolution that's happening. Like you see, you know, more studios opening, more classes being offered online, like more trainers taking this approach. And it's just really great. Like it's really how the industry gets disrupted and seeing more people opening studios. It's just, it's fantastic. So if you're looking for yoga, definitely check out BK Yoga. They look like they have so many amazing classes. You can find links to their studio as well as their social media and any other links that were mentioned in this episode at summerinand.com forward slash 210. Thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate you listening. Rock on.